Welcome to episode 79 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield, and as always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing this evening? I'm all right. I really am. Uh, I'm... Yeah. I am a little annoyed, but it's probably not why you think I'm annoyed. Yeah, you know, that was a, that was a hard-fought game. It was a game that I wasn't expecting. I, I expected it to fall in a similar way that the spread indicated. Oklahoma State was like 20, 20 or 21-point underdogs going into the game, and, man, they played their absolute asses off for of four quarters, came within one point of beating the number six team in the nation, rivalry game. And just to go up that short, you know, it leaves a bitter taste in your mouth, but I can't be upset with how they played. I mean, there's mistakes. Those happen. But at the end of the day, they gave themselves an opportunity to win, and I respect that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not mad about the game. I'm not no. angry about the game. Am I upset we lost? <laughs> Duh. I'm an OSU fan. Like, what the hell do you expect? Does it – is it the worst loss to OU? God, no. Not even close. Not Not remotely. Um, there's, and I, and I don't believe in moral victories. Like, I'm not like, oh, that was great. Cause we almost won and we played so well. That to me shows you how disappointing this actual season actually is because of how good this OSU team can be. You take mm-hmm. that game, the Texas game and the Boise state game and they played well. No, they didn't play great in the second half of the Texas game. That's true. But they, when they, they called the game well, Taylor Cornelius executed the game incredibly well. What they did against OU with Justice Hill hurt, who's their best player by far, by a mile, is really impressive. And they did it, mind you, uh, with only five penalties. Um, Boise State was a win, they had four. Texas was a win, they had four. OU was a close loss, they had five. And every other game when they've looked like hot garbage, they've had seven or more. When OSU does not shoot itself in the foot this season, it not only gives itself a win, it should win. You can look back to the Baylor game and say, OSU should have won that game, but it shot itself in the foot 12 times, and so it never had a real chance. In this game, OSU executed beautifully, did everything it could to win, and came up short against a far better OU team. Let's just be honest here. That was a... That is an OU team that could be in the playoff, um, can put up points on Alabama's defense. That's, that's not hyperbole. That, that would happen. And OSU really did a great job of not only scoring on what is not a great defense, but holding OU's offense for the most part in check in the second half. I mean, really think about it. OU, OSU outscored OU in the second half. Yeah. They, it, they held one of the best if not the best offense in the country, in check for the most part in the second half of that game. And things just didn't break OSU's way, which is really what this series has come down to in the past few years. Of Do you get the favor- favorable things, the little little kinks and twerks and stuff you can't plan for? Do they fall your way or do they fall the other guy's way? And whoever's direction they fall in, that's generally who wins the game. Yeah, and it's felt that way a lot of for a lot of Bedlam, obviously, winning only two out of the last 14 tries. But, you know, th- this game just felt like it was one of those. I didn't expect a kickoff. I was expecting to be down 21 nothing just that quick. And then I could turn it away or I could, you know, watch it in spurts so I could talk about it logically on the podcast. But they just kept chipping away. They kept tying it up. They kept taking – they took a couple leads. And they played a game in which I went – 
in the fourth quarter and thought they could win this thing. And that was not something I ever thought I would say at all coming into this game and even during. And to see that, you know, it's a credit to the preparation during the week. It's a credit to the coaching staff getting everyone and the players for showing up too. They could have very easily just rolled over considering how this season has gone and they didn't. And I, I love that. I love that competitive fire. But at times it just feels like for Oklahoma State, playing OU, it's just Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong does. And, you know, we have, you know, Chuba Hubbard fumbling in the red zone. Oklahoma State had an opportunity to take the lead and, you know, push the, you know, push the lead a little bit. You had a couple missed throws by Cornelius on wide open plays that could have scored. You had Matt Amendola missed a field goal. We'll get into special teams here in a second. And then the missed extra point. And then, you know, at the end of the game, they have a, you have a chance to win going for two, which was absolutely the right call. I love that. And the throw didn't get ex- throw wasn't executed. They had the opportunities, but anything that could have gone wrong at times did, and that made the difference in the game. And I mean, you know what's really funny is, and I recall I, I was at an OSU watch party in Little Rock um, with some OSU fans, and, and, and a buddy of mine who was in town who's an OU fan, um, and the, watching the game, beginning of the game, I agree. I thought we'd be down twenty-one nothing early in the first quarter. And then and it seemed like every punch OU threw, OSU was able to respond. And while I, I did a good job, especially after last year, I learned my lesson last year not to get my hopes up in Bedlam at any point. I don't care what happens. I don't care if we're up three touchdowns. I'm not going to get my hopes up until the, the clock reads zero and OSU has more points than OU does. But I actually, with by the second quarter, found myself trusting the offense to make the plays to respond to OU. And they did time and time again. I, do, I think that's the first time this season I've been in a game and go, and thought, I trust the offense to do what, to, to make the plays to, to keep in this game. I, I never felt like, oh, by, by halftime, it never felt like OSU was going to get blown out in the game. It never did. I didn't have hope we'd win. I've I've watched too many bedlams, um, not to be right. cynical. Mm-hmm. But I felt that was a that was Cornelius's best performance. Can we just talk about how well he's played in the biggest that games guy, of this season? You watch the Bay- Boise State game, the Texas game for the first half. I think the play calling changed a lot in the second half. If you really pay attention, they just wanted to put the game away. The play calling in the OU game. He executed perfectly. Has he been great all season? No, he was terrible at Kansas State. He was uh, he was bad against Texas Tech. He was up and down against Baylor. But I understand why Gundy said all season that Cornelius gave them the best chance to win. I don't know anything about Spencer Sanders or how good he is. I don't know anything about Drew Brown or how good he is. But I know this, that when this team doesn't shoot itself in the foot and executes, they can win games with Taylor Cornelius. And had they not done, had the defense not had to have such a huge learning curve, had they not had the the most penalties per game of the Mike Gundy era, uh, this Oklahoma State team is bowl eligible at this point. Are they going to, are they a 10-win team again? No, not at all. But they shouldn't be 5-5 and desperate for a sixth win just because of Taylor Cornelius. Has he been perfect? No. Has he been a good quarterback for this year? Yeah, I, if this yeah, team had executed things so. properly, I would have had a no problem. We wouldn't be griping about Cornelius Cornelia so much. I think, I think the offense was great. Uh, I think this the the decision to go for two was perfect. If you disagree, 
I don't want to. I don't ever want to see you tweet or call about Gundy not being aggressive ever again. We should have taken the tie and and gone for overtime. If you think OU wasn't going to march down that field and kick a field goal, whether we got the lead or tied it, you're freaking insane. Like, stop it. They made the right decision going for two. And I don't really disagree with the play call. Initially, I did. And after watching the reviews over and over again, the play was there. It was there. And Cornelius just couldn't couldn't make the pass. Um, We'll talk more about the the two-point decision in a minute. But I, I just... My biggest takeaway is I think I'm most disappointed in this season just and it, and it, it's not because of Taylor Cornelius it's just things just didn't seem to click for so long when OSU had a great chance to win games early in the season and that's why they are where they are right now. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I I was with you in trying to not get my hopes up. I told myself all week I wasn't going to get my hopes up. I'm just <laughs> I'm too cynical for that watching Oklahoma State Athletics just in general, existence is pain. And as the game progressed and it stayed close, I kept trying to tell myself, I just, I can't get my hopes up. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then I found myself in the fourth quarter with my hopes up to just get my heart ripped out on that four, on that two point conversion. It, they, they wrote me back in with hope, I guess. And uh, it, it didn't work again. I learned my lesson again, but I know that I'll be back in the same boat next year as well. Uh, let's do, let's go into the two point conversion here for a second. I know we talked about it for a second, and I I if like I said, if you're delusional if you don't think that that was the right call trying to go for two and just go for the win, why not? You're you're playing the number six team on the road. You played them. You've hung with them all game. Go for the win. Screw it. And you know people have harped on Gundy for being conservative for so long, and then he finally goes and makes the aggressive play, and it didn't work. And you're going to call him out on it? J- just stop. If the if the play gets executed and Oklahoma State wins the game, you're going to sing his praises for being aggressive. I don't want to hear it. I'm, I really don't. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, the decision to go for two was the right call. Any ga- Here's the funny thing. Anytime you ever watch a game and a, and a team is in a situation where they're on the road, they're the underdog, you're at a ranked team, and you have a chance to take a lead on a two-point conversion, you are sitting in front of the TV saying, do it, go for it. You need to go for it. Try and get this win. If you go to overtime, you're going to lose. And that's exactly what Gundy did, and it was the right call. The question and the debate you can have is with the decision of the play call. I agree. Now, I do think there's a fair point to be raised of. Um, someone asked post-game, and I think it was I think it was Mark Cooper. Um, I think I saw it on Twitter. He was asking about what not having Justice Hill did for the, the play calling in the game. And I don't think we've talked enough about the fact of, of how well the offense ran without their best player. But how much, I wonder, did it affect that two-point conversion not having Justice Hill? Is that the play they would have called had they had Justice Hill for that play? I don't know. Maybe that is. Maybe that's the play they were always going to run if they got a chance for two-point conversion. But I have to really ask, without the best player on the field, was that the play call? Because if you really watch the play, the play was there. And Cornelius just couldn't execute. And my thought is, is twofold of... Is it? There's the thing of just because something works doesn't mean it was the right call, and just because something doesn't mean work doesn't mean it was the right call. And I can't mm-hmm. quite figure out on this one. And I, I'm I've really gone back and forth with myself of the play was there and they just couldn't execute it. I'm not sure it was the wrong call. Other than, and I and I hate to ha- harp on Cornelius on this this one take. I don't know if I liked 
putting him in the position where he had to put the that make that pass because it was so obvious where they were going. You watched that play, and as soon as you saw Wallace move, you knew exactly what was going to happen. You knew it. There was no creativity, no misdirection, no nothing clever. And I think that's my only issue with the call is that the call, the, the play was open, and if Cornelius completes it, it's an amazing play. I don't know if it was an amazing play. I wish they'd have tried something different and more creative and created some uh, a better opportunity for Cornelius than they did. I think they put him in a really, really, really tough situation. But I I'm, also I'm, wonder I'm, if not having Justice Hill is why they had to make the call they made. You know, I think I think that's a great point to bring up because I and I will say credit to Chuba Hubbard for stepping up the way he did. Justice Hill went out and he still had over 100 yards oh. and three touchdowns. He filled in really well. And even I, I don't even care about the fumble to a certain extent because Oklahoma it didn't cost Oklahoma State the game, I don't think. No. And he still played extremely well out of the backfield. You know, you just see the burst he has, man. He's special. And he he show, he showed up on the road in a big spot, filling some really big shoes. And so credit some, to him. Some darn good plays. He was everything you saw from him this year makes you feel good if Justice Hill does leave that Chuba takes over the backfield. Yes, absolutely. And I, I'm sure that definitely fa- that Justice Hill being out of the game factored in to that that play call. And it really made it kind of one-sided trying to go to Tylen Wallace. But, you know, and I understand to a certain extent, and I, don't th- I was thinking about this as you were talking, you know, you can go to Tylen Wallace and that's, you know, that's great. 220 receiving yards, two touchdowns, best, re- best receiver Oklahoma State has, best receiver on the field. But Tyron Johnson had 11 catches for a buck 30. Why not try and get him in the play? Why not try and make make something a little bit different? I would have loved to see something a little bit more creative in that sense. If you're going to go for it, go all out. I'm not talking going Philly special crazy, but <laughs> but just do, maybe do something a little bit different. I, the play that I thought of as we were talking about it before we started recording was remember the – it was like a jet rocket motion to Tylen Wallace in the Baylor game where it was an RPO for uh, Corndog, and he could either hand it off to the running back or make the bubble screen throw – with two receivers and Jelani Woods out there blocking out front. I think that play could have worked on the goal line. Now, I mean, it would have been a little bit obvious to try and go to Thailand, but at least you get him getting a little bit of forward momentum and you have a linebacker trying to spy and scrape across. Maybe maybe something like that could have worked, but, I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. We could go coulda, woulda, shoulda all day. But I would have loved to see something a little bit more creative in that sense, and I do agree with you that despite Cornelius playing as well as he did all game, I don't know if I wanted to put the game in his hands in that play. But then again, he makes that play. It's one of those things. He makes that play. He's a hero in Stillwater and never has to buy a drink again in his life. You know, it's it's one of those type of things. So the, the play I, I wish, see both sides of it. The play I wish they'd run was a throwback to the quarterback. Like, I wish they'd have run Wallace out there or someone over there. Oh, I would have loved Throwing back to Cornelius. Because it's similar to, I think they ran something like that against Baylor. And it worked, got like 30 yards. And I, I wish they'd have done something like that there. And had Cornelius just run straight, run straight to the pylon. Like that's the mm-hmm. play I wish they'd have run, because I think it was there if they executed it what perfect. Like if they executed it right, I think it was there. I think if you had kind of masked what that play is and it and it looked similar to the one they ran, but it was a throwback to Cornelius to go to the left and get in. As long as you had one good blocker there to to open him up a lane, I think Cornelius could have gotten that two pointer. That's the play. I, that's the play I would have drawn up, and I wish that they had. Um, they didn't, and OSU lost, and it sucks. And they still have to win one more game to go to a bowl game. And Gundy's record against in Bedlam is worse. 
Um, but I'm I'm not angry today. Oh, by the way, can let me just make one point. Um, and I'm not going to point any fingers about who keeps pointing this stat out. But shut the hell up about how Gundy's been on the head coach at OSU for however many thousands of days and only has two wins. And Lincoln Riley has been the head coach for like 400 days and he's got two wins and the same number of wins. Stop. Stop. That's like saying you can't make that point with two teams that have completely different levels of talent. Like that is a bullshit stat to continue to throw around. It shows no context whatsoever. And yes, it is factual, but that's factual. Like the kid who's at the sleepover, who's like, you're like, oh, uh, well, we watched that uh, this tonight. No, 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 that was last night because it's one o'clock now, and it's a whole, it's a whole another day. Like, shut the fuck up with that stuff. Like, leave that alone. Like, stop. It's a stupid stat. Like, I, it's a really ooh stat, but it's it doesn't mean anything. Like, like Lincoln Riley had Baker Mayfield, and you had a team this year that should have beaten OSU by two, three touchdowns. So stop with that. I, I'm done with it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. <laughs> God, that's I saw that and I, I saw that one. That's a bad take. That, that 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 is a bad take. It's factual. It is I'm not saying it's I mean not it's a factual, bad, but it's a bad take nonetheless. Like, like who gives a crap? What does that have to do with exactly. anything? Who cares? Like Whatever. Well, uh uh Nick Saban's been on the head coach of Alabama for da 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 and but like I don't I don't care. Like, just because it's factual doesn't mean it's relevant or provides context for anything. It just sounds really clever because you figured it out and put it in a text or a tweet or a post. Stop it with that crap. Try something a little more original and provide some context for people. Anyways, you know what actually made me more mad than the football game was the friggin' basketball game. Uh, I thought we were going to finish up before we talked about it. 24.2 second half lead and blow it. And I don't want to hear about the bullshit call at the end of the game that cost OSU. You went seven minutes without a point. A point. Not not a not a bat not a not a not a shot. Not even a free throw. You didn't score a point for seven minutes. And Charlotte is hot garbage. What the hell was that? I was hoping that we would just keep talking about Bedlam and we wouldn't have to talk about it because no. that like I'm with you. That, I'm off that would make me more mad than than the football game did. That's just it's Bedlam so frustrating. It was a night. Was I, a, I know it's it. That's what I want every Bedlam game to be. Except I'd like us to win more of them. But that basketball yeah. game, and I didn't even get to watch it. I'm sitting on my phone following it, going, "Oh, we're up 24 in the second half. I don't have to pay attention anymore. Let's watch Bedlam." And then I check my phone, and what the is happening? Yeah, and I, I try. I've tried to because I was in a I was in a very inebriated state of mind watching the football game that I tried to rationalize the anger of. Oh, it's a young team, and they'll learn from this and all that. And while that may be true, that's inexcusable. I don't care who you have on your team. I don't care who's suspended, who's not. You cannot give up that lead. You just you can't. You can learn from blowing a twenty-four point lead and only winning by five, but you blew a twenty-four point lead and lost. That's not yeah. a learning experience. That's no. you screwed up royally. Like, yeah. I oh man, oh. It's, here's the well. Point. You're not good news. Is there's another thirty games this season. No, you're not gonna have a lot of wins on the schedule this year. You don't blow twenty-four point leads yeah, you can't against do that. bad teams. It wasn't Kansas. It wasn't West Virginia. It's Charlotte. All right, yeah. I'm done being angry. I'm really not that angry. I'm just mostly animated. 
<laughs> just try to try to animate it a little bit more. Yeah, I get that. No, it's crap. Uh, like, no. I, I know it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, they played UTSA on Wednesday, so hopefully that will provide being at home. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah, they're, they're bad too. So hopefully being at home, home opener, you can work the kinks out, get back in the wing column. Uh, non-conference schedule is kind of brutal, so you got to be able to get a couple before the Avicare Invitational. And then you still got a couple of tough road games with Minnesota, Nebraska, and then Houston at home. The, this is going to be a tough stretch, and it's going to be a test. It's going to show a lot about what this team can do moving forward, especially with how many young guys that were on the floor for this one. It's just like the the saving grace of football season has been that we have basketball season coming up soon, and then they, then they do that. Which well, one? at least we got wrestling. Wrestling season starts soon. Shut up! I don't. No one watches wrestling. I, I'm not mean to be rude to the OSU wrestling. It's a dynasty. It's amazing. I hope they win the national title. But like, I live in Arkansas. I I, there, I can't watch wrestling. Like I I need I need a team I can follow and watch and and be excited about. And fair, fair. Like wrestling has always been good. Like they're always going to be good. And I have basketball. And I'm oh, sorry. Like I had my fantasy teams are garbage this week. Like OSU football and basketball lost. The Thunder lost. And so I'm just like for me, it's one of those sports weekends where outside. Thank God for Man City winning the Derby because otherwise I I would just be in in just sports hell. Yeah. Like Thankfully, the seventh like, like the seventh realm of sports hell weekend. <laughs> Yeah, thankfully, uh, Sporting Kansas City was able to win out on the aggregate against Real Salt Lake, move yeah, on to the conference did. finals. I'll this, take that. And then no, uh, the, this podcast, you don't get golf, but you might get soccer on occasion. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, but not sorry as well. Sorry, not uh, sorry. And then, and then uh, Patrick Mahomes continues to be amazing, uh, winning games for the Chiefs. So I'll take that as well. Uh, so my Sunday was a little bit better than my Saturday. That's for sure. My Sunday is better if my fantasy teams win. I'm not going to talk about my fantasy teams because there's nothing more exhausting to listen to someone talk about their fantasy teams because who gives a rat's ass but um <laughs> yeah that's a good point but uh look um i've said it before and i'll got... say it again never do college football fantasy don't do it no no um big game against west virginia this week we'll talk about that more this later this week but um i i, I still feel man it stinks we're gonna have six wins that TCU game in two weeks. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder because who does TCU play next week? Baylor. 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 So, which is a really interesting game because Baylor and TCU are in the same situation that Oklahoma State is. Baylor needs one more win to get to a bowl. TCU has to win their last two to get to a bowl. Um, which makes the next. So, it's uh. I'm doing a Baylor TCU preview this week on the 10-12 because that's such an interesting game to me. Just because if Baylor wins, they're bowl eligible, and TCU is not going to bowl. TCU has to win the next two, or they do not go to bowl. They have four wins. So, are so, you saying we're all Baylor fans this week? No, as painful as that is to no, say, it, it doesn't matter either way. Because if you're a TCU team, you have won. I what here the, the, the question becomes. Um, if TCU loses that game, how do they view the Oklahoma State game? Who gives a crap? We're not going to a bowl game. Let's go home. Or you know what? Screw it. We can we can make sure they don't go to a bowl game either. Let's go beat them. That is going to determine a lot about that yeah. game because yeah. I don't. Uh, let me uh, uh, let me go ahead and give you a little sneak peek of the of the Wednesday episode. I will pick West Virginia. 
Sorry. Will Greer would win a Heisman in most years. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray, who would win a Heisman most, most years, but has zero chance because Tua Tagovailoa uh, is exists. So, God, Tua is just ridiculously good. But yes, uh, we'll have more to talk about on the Wednesday edition of this podcast. We will uh, we'll preview the West Virginia game, last home game of the season. It's my last game as a student. That's kind of weird to think about. Ooh. Um, that's big. Yeah, so we'll get there. We'll get there later this week. Philip, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, personally, OKTXAR Poke. Like, I realize most of you don't follow me. It's fine. Like, don't worry. Like, that's my Twitter account. If you want me to tweet OSU things, I do. I also tweet other stuff. And then you can follow my show, the 1012 Podcast. It's at the number 10, the number 12, the word podcast on Twitter. You can find it on SoundCloud and iTunes. Go check out last week's episode. Big announcement about the show. Lots of fun things coming. All right, you can follow me at JT Penfield if you so desire, and be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. Uh, we will recap the rest of Bedlam, move into a little bit more basketball later this week with a couple home games, and we'll get West Virginia as well. So there's a lot coming on the site this week, so stay tuned. Uh, have a good rest of your weekend, and have a good week. Bye, everybody.